Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of 2020. January is known as Hot Tea Month, and it's a perfect time to observe this wonderful beverage as we're far along in the cold winter season. Like all foods and beverages which we honor on The Appropriate Omnivore, tea is a traditional food. People all over the world drink it, with its origins going back thousands of years to China. Plus, with herbal teas, they have many healing properties. Here to speak with me about everything tea-related is Casino Opte, founder of Meta. Casino, welcome to The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, glad to be here to talk about tea. Right, and I know with your business having started up, I'm sure you got a lot going on, so I'm glad that you're able to make the time to come here on the program. Not a problem. I have to be here and help spread the idea of message of Meta and the sustainability that we're going for here. Great name you have there, I think, calling Meta Tea. I feel it really describes what you're about. So how did you first get involved with tea and starting this business? So I actually, I have a business partner. We met actually just randomly at my college library uh, when I was studying in LA. We sort of hit it off immediately. He was very passionate about helping people. And meanwhile, I was more passionate about sort of helping the environment. And together, you know, he's very into tea. Uh, we decided to create META, which stood for Mother Earth Tea Alchemist. Uh, and our goal was to sort of help people and the planet through the power of tea. Uh, so our teas are uh, eco-friendly and organic. So uh, that's really the message that we're trying to push forward here. I like that story because that's kind of similar to how I got involved really doing the whole appropriate omnivore was originally I was really more interested in the environment. I had just an interest of things, everything from like energy and recycling waste all those topics, but of course I also liked food and somehow I found myself kind of gravitating toward the food part because I think there was a need for the angle that I have with the whole food thing within the environmental world. So I actually kind of got more into the whole thing of the appropriate for about sustainable food, organics, grass-fed, really more for the environment than health, but of course it's hard to not get into those areas too once I'm doing the topic and I really see that there is a relation between the two. Would you say so? I definitely agree. You know, I, I think that even with, uh, I guess, the people that use our products, I guess people that really care about the environment tend to really care about their bodies as well. And I, re I really like what you're doing with the appropriate omnivore, you know, rather than sort of taking, you know, there's a lot of people who are vegans out there, but there's a lot of people who care about the environment and want to be, uh, you know, sort of conscious about their actions while not going vegan or keeping an omnivore diet. So I really like what you're doing here. Thank you. I appreciate to hear that. And I feel the same way that there's very much just a unique thing that I have to say and I'm glad to hear that others appreciate what it is that I do. So getting now into the health area, what do you see as the main health benefits of tea? I think there's a variety of teas. You know, at Meta, we sell a variety of teas and each one is designed to sort of help with different ailments. Uh, so I think that the power of tea is really diverse. Everyone who sort of has an ailment can find a tea that's sort of specific to them. Uh, we focus mostly on physical ailments, things such as inflammation in the joints. Our best-selling tea is a turmeric tea. Uh, so a lot of people who sort of have a little bit of muscle pain uh, use that. Uh, meanwhile, we sell green tea for detox and weight loss. So I think that there's a bunch of teas. There's a tea for everyone out there. 
And I think that, you know, if you're willing to sort of look for it and find it, there's definitely a tea out there that can help you. Yes. And turmeric certainly is a very popular product right now. There's a lot of health benefits it has. I mean, I've heard even as far as it helps fight against cancer. So you see turmeric in a lot of food. That's one of those spices. You see a lot of spices and herbs in a lot of products. And I know you have that in your tea. So how kind of did it originally happen that a lot of these like herbs and spices then kind of interact with tea making? Do you sort of know about how this came about? Well, technically the turmeric and stuff, they're not technically tea. Uh, they're actually called sort of holistic medicine. But we, our golden milk, of, uh, which is made of turmeric, ginger, and Vietnamese cinnamon, is actually an ancient uh, Indian recipe. So I think that, you know, back in the day, uh, a lot of sort of uh, holistic healers use these spices and herbs. And I think that they sort of just been passed a long time and they're now sort of incorporated in, into our daily life. And that's really what a lot of sustainable food is. We sometimes look at it as this new thing because we aren't used to it. But really, a lot of it is going back to what we used to eat. I mean, there was a time where there was no term organic because everything was just grown without any type of spraying. And there was there was a time when there was just a thing called beef that happened to be grass-fed. So I think that fits really with uh, the whole overall area of natural food is going back to stuff that we used to eat and stuff that when we lost, we saw deteriorating health in people. I can see how, you know, we sort of, you know, after all this processed food and, and the pesticides, we're definitely trying to go back to our roots and just use, you know, eat organic and eat, eat healthy again. I can definitely I see that around uh, the U.S., especially in people that shop at farmer's markets a lot. They're all about sort of just this natural going back to eating that the way we used to. Yes. And so as I was saying, organic used to be just known as food. But now because of all the industrial farming that goes on, we've started the organic label and your tea is certified organic. So what do you think the best reason is for people to drink organic tea? Every time I go to the supermarket, I always go and take a look at the tea section, of course. Uh, and I see, you know, you see a bunch of different teas, Twinings, Lipton, and, you know, uh, of course you find your organic teas, but there are also teas that aren't organic. And I think that the, I guess the value of drinking organic tea is, you know, tea is supposed to bring you closer to nature. We say you're supposed to sip tea calmly while, you know, sort of out there it's to bring you back sort of in tune with your body and, and with nature. And I think that you know, drinking organic tea only furthers that because you're truly just uh, drinking natural ingredients rather than artificial flavorings or artificial chemicals. So I really think that, you know, uh, drinking organic tea sort of furthers the purpose of drinking tea. I think so too. I think that makes sense. Like you said, with just the whole function of tea that it's about, there's very much a lot of things it can do for cleansing and for making you healthier. So if you're drinking tea, one, for health reasons, why wouldn't you choose organic? Seems kind of like a no-brainer if you really think about it. Uh, exactly. Organic tea is definitely higher on the price margin there, but uh, I definitely think as a, as a tea drinker myself, I definitely think it's worth it. Uh, just knowing what I put into my body is natural and clean, especially I definitely feel like I can taste the difference. You know, a lot of people drink the sweet tea, but, you know, tea, at least certain teas aren't actually supposed to taste that great or that sweet. Tea is sort of medicine. We think of tea as like medicine. Uh, so it can't always taste that great, but when you go for uh, non-organic tea, they always do have have a sweetness to them. Price is always the issue with organic. You always have the people saying, oh, I can't eat healthy because organic food is too expensive. But then, as many have said, so I, I can't take credit for what I'm about to say, but I think it's worth repeating that basically, well, you can pay now for organic food, which is a little better for you, or you can pay later in medical bills. Exactly. 
Uh, that was well said. So, uh, yeah, I get that question a lot, actually, when I was working at farmer's markets. A lot of people, you know, look, looking at the price tags were really sort of shocked to see the cost of organic tea. So was that originally where Meta started out, was selling it in farmer's markets? Yeah, so we started off at farmer's markets around the SoCal area, Huntington Beach, uh, and in parks. And uh, we sort of progressed from there, and now we're trying to sort of shift uh, online. You know, the future is definitely online, and I think that... Yes, that's a big part of the market now. People who are at farmer's markets already are already people who are in tune with their body and eating health and all that. But I think that once we're online, we're, we hope to push that message further to people who might not already be on board with, with our mission. Right. And then when it's online, anyone then in the U.S. would be able to buy your product? Correct. And any other countries too, or would it just be yeah. distributed through the U.S.? Uh, we do get occasional orders from uh, Australia or Europe, but mostly most of our people are focused in the U.S. currently. Right. Makes sense to start with that. And I have seen a lot of different teas and even better, a lot of organic teas at the farmer's market. So like I said at the beginning and why I wanted to do the show for and observe the whole hot tea month in January is because we are seeing a big growth, I think, in tea, the artisan tea, not so much the mass-produced People are very much committed to the product. They want to give us better ingredients, gives organic tea, like you said. It's not necessarily the sweet tea, but it's herbal teas and teas that have great healing functions. So what do you think is the reason that there is such a growth with tea now? The U.S. is actually one of the few countries where coffee consumption is higher than tea consumption. You know, coffee is about 2.5 times as popular as tea in the U.S. I think that people are starting to realize the health benefits of tea as well. And I think that the idea of herbal medicine in the form of tea is sort of starting to grow in the U.S. So I think that uh, especially with the times now where people are really conscious about the environment and conscious about their health, uh, we're seeing people sort of seek out alternative organic options, which, you know, tea is one of the best options out there. So uh, I, I really attribute that to the growth of tea in the U.S. You're right that coffee for so long has been such a big culture of the whole U.S. I think it goes back to like the mid-90s when everybody was drinking coffee and there's the whole boom of all these coffee houses everywhere, the Starbucks and the other places. And people like coffee, I'm not totally against it. I don't think, you know, people need to ever give it up, I think a lot of times be overconsumed. Um, and of course, you know, there's issues with caffeine. Of course, there's tea too with caffeine, but a great advantage I see with tea, because for me, I can't handle caffeine anymore after uh, one point when I had given coffee completely up. And then I said, oh, maybe it's okay once in a while. I pretty much couldn't do caffeine anymore. And decaffeinated coffee, especially non-organic, has a lot of bad stuff in it and even the organic decaffeinated i mean maybe that's a little bit better but it's it is a highly refined food because they take this stuff out you know if you're going to like a coffee house with friends or even just at home if you want like a drink in the morning an herbal tea as opposed to even the decaffeinated tea is a much better choice than decaf coffee Exactly. Actually, we tell that to a lot of people, uh, people who are sort of looking to shift away from coffee. They say they drink too much. We actually tell them that matcha, we least straight from Japan, and we tell them really high quality matcha actually has a lot of caffeine, sometimes more equal to that of coffee. But, uh, you know, in addition to the caffeine, matcha also has a bunch of other health benefits to it. You know, it's really good for, it's filled with antioxidants. It helps with weight loss and detox. You know, being organic, it's, it's a healthy caffeine, we say. It doesn't really use the jitters, you know. When you've had too many cups of coffee, you're, you can feel it in your heart and your hands are sort of shaking. But the caffeine from matcha is sort of a energizing caffeine where you won't really get the jitters. We tell people that if they're looking to get off from coffee, matcha is a great alternative. Now, something interesting about the whole coffee craze and then 
now there's even, I would say there is becoming a tea craze, is that a lot of these coffee houses, like I said, which I associate for making coffee more popular, they often do serve tea. In fact, even in LA, there's a place, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, so they even put that in the name. Do you think that in any way the popularity of coffee actually has given tea a boost too? Yeah, I definitely think they go hand in hand. I think that, you know, coffee drinkers, you know, then maybe perhaps one day we'll want to try something new. I definitely think that people are always on the lookout to try something new, especially if it's going to have similar effect to the caffeine boost that they have. I mean, if you take a look uh, at Starbucks, you know, in, in 2012, they acquired Tivana. And now when you, whenever you go to a Starbucks, you can always get, you know, uh, high quality Tivana tea there. So I think that they go hand in hand. I think so, too. They're kind of cousins, and so <laughs> that's, I guess, an advantage of the whole coffee craze is it got people into tea, too. So, <laughs> you know, can kind of have to uh, credit coffee for laying the groundwork for the success of tea now. Uh-huh. You talked earlier about a couple of your flavors. You mentioned the turmeric and the matcha. What are some of the other flavors that people can get with Meta? Another popular tea is called our rooibos tea. It's actually called African Red Bush. Uh, and that's my favorite kind of tea. Ah, really? All right. Yes. Yeah, it's actually very popular. A lot of people like it. We mix it with a blue mallow flower to sort of give it a really nice visual look, uh, along as add a little bit of tartness to it. So a lot of people use uh, drink that tea. But we also have smoked mango oolong, which is one of my personal favorites. It's a little bit spicy, but it's a mix of black tea, dried mango, and chili flakes. Uh, and it's sort of really good to sort of clear out your nostrils and your system. A cup of that sort of in the morning uh, just really helps you kickstart your day. And are you looking at expanding into some other flavors of teas? Uh, yeah, we're always on the lookout for more flavors. We always want to main, uh, make sure that we sort of maintain uh, quality first. It's really hard to find sort of good organic tea sources. And we also want to diversify our health benefits, you know. We don't want our teas to sort of have very similar attributes. Uh, we really want to make tea for everyone. So people who have, you know, various elements can always come to Meta for help. It's always a tricky task to get a new tea for us. Yeah, I think that's a great idea that they're all different because otherwise if you have way too many and a lot of them are similar, I think it's going to cause consumer confusion of, well, what's the difference between each one of these? What do I choose from? <laughs> exactly. Uh, though a lot of our teas do go hand in hand, a lot of people do like matcha in the morning and and our golden milk at night just to, you know, really mix it up and get both the health benefits. So you can always drink more than one tea uh, at a time or, or in a day. So I do recommend that. How much tea in a day do you recommend people consume? Uh, most of the time we recommend about two cups a day, especially if you're sort of, you know, with our golden milk and matcha, we do one in the morning and then one in the evening. Just as, you know, the morning sort of helps you get through the day and then in the evening it sort of helps you relax, wind down, and help you sleep without any pain. So I generally recommend two cups a day. I've been hearing a lot about the benefits of tea at night because just back in November when I was at the annual Wise Traditions Conference, there was a presentation on sports nutrition and something they were saying for consuming at night was to have tea, like if instead of eating something late at night, tea is a great product to consume. It's not best to eat late at night, but if you are kind of hungry towards going to bed, tea is something great to have. Especially with milk. You know, if you mix it with water, you're not really going to feel that full. But if, if you're sort of hungry late at night, some milk tea will definitely fill you up. Uh, it's very healthy and it's not going to be very heavy on the calories. So it's a great sort of late night, nightcap almost, if you will, to help you sleep. Interesting, because I've heard actually about drinking milk before you go to bed, but this obviously is Combining two and maybe makes it a little more tasty. I mean, perhaps some like the taste of milk on its own, but I know at least for someone like me, tea is a little more exciting than just drinking milk before bed. I definitely agree. I would just avoid any tea with caffeine before bed. 
Yes, yeah. I mean, for me, that goes double because I sometimes have issue with having caffeine even in the morning <laughs> can keep me up. Yeah, I think for everyone, that's best. I mean, I know there was a time where I could drink coffee right before I went to bed and somehow it wasn't a problem. I don't know how that worked. Even though I was able to do it, I don't think I would recommend that to others. So we've seen the tea business grow significantly within the past year. Of course, I first met you at the Los Angeles Tea Festival, which... I know we're seeing more of, I know San Francisco also has a tea festival. So obviously there's big growth for tea and others are recognizing it too, not just on this show. Where do you see the tea business headed, say, five years from now? I definitely think it's going to get bigger in comparison to sort of last year's tea festival. Uh, people say that the event has grown twice in size and we can see sort of tea startups such as Meta popping up everywhere, such as I think that in five years, I think that the U.S. will be drinking a lot more tea, perhaps even more than coffee. Uh, most nations do drink more tea than coffee. And I think that, you know, once consumers in the U.S. realize the health benefits of tea, I think that we'll see a dramatic increase in tea consumption. I also think that a lot of people will turn to tea sort of for alternative medicine. We like to think of our tea as holistic medicine. A lot of people come to us with ailments, and most of our tea isn't really tea. It's sort of herbs. It's, it's mushrooms. Uh, one of our best teas is called Rishi and Chaga. So I, I think that tea might not be the right word to say to talk about this, but I think that sort of the herbal, the herbal medicine industry is going to grow a lot, and I think that tea is going to be a part of that. Yes, there's kind of an interaction with herbal medicine and tea, with the herbalists, and with being an herbalist comes then making the loose leaf tea, which is another thing I wanted to get into is that I know your products are actually ground in loose leaf teas as opposed to the tea comes in the bag. So what do you see as the advantage of offering tea this way as opposed to the typical tea bags that we dip in our hot water? Well, when we first started, actually, it was one of the main things for me, sort of me focusing on the environmental side while my partner focused on the health side. Tea bags are bad for the environment. If you look into it, uh, a lot of them are sort of discarded and that end up in our landfills and possibly in our oceans, which I was really against. So I, you know, I really was on the idea of tea helping both the body and the planet. And doing that with tea bags is just not an option. So I think that we went with loose leaf tea just to sort of eliminate any plastic or extra paper that might just end up as litter. And I also think that, you know, without a tea bag, people can sort of mix and match their tea. You know, people prefer their tea stronger. They can always add more. If they mm. prefer it uh, weaker, they can add less. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you can make big gallons, I guess. I know people who sort of put in teaspoons into a big mug. And they just leave it overnight in the fridge and they just sort of use it uh, as their tea for the week. You know, you can mix it with a gallon of milk powder. So it's just very versatile uh, what you can do with loose leaf tea. Yeah. So there again, we have the relation and the intersection of wanting to be healthy and wanting to be environmental. And I know there's some other sustainable practices you have with your business. So why don't you tell the listeners a little about those? Yeah, Meta was sort of founded to be both for the people and for the planet. So we're 100% organic. We recycle. All our packaging is recyclable. Uh, our teas come in aluminum tins. Uh, and we hope to actually come up with sort of a program where you can bring your tins back in in the future so we can sort of clean them or, or reuse them later on. We also donate 10% of our profits every year to various ocean conservation projects around the world. So last year we were t looking at uh, a bunch of coral reef growers out in the South Pacific and seeing how we could help them. And then for 2020, uh, it'd be very interesting to see what other ocean projects or land-based conservation projects we can help donate to. And when people turn their tins in, would they get a discount on their next purchase? Yes, of course. They would turn it in and get a discount on the next purchase. And uh, we'd definitely find some way to recycle those tins for later use. But uh, that, that program's currently in the making, but we hope to hope to get it done soon. 
Yes, I'm seeing a lot of companies doing that. Glad to hear you've joined them. I've seen kombucha vendors at farmer's markets give you a discount on your next kombucha purchase if you turn in your bottles. I like that we're seeing that with a lot of businesses. Something which has shocked me is the disconnect between a lot of people who say they're environmental, yet they produce a lot of waste. When you bring up the waste which tea bags result in, I'm reminded of the K-cup machines, which are stepping even more of the wrong direction. They have the K-cups for tea, too. I know a lot of people who I think would be into environmental causes, and I wonder why they're using these machines that involve plastics for a single drink. As you said, with a loose leaf tea, an advantage is you can make a number of servings ahead of time. Yeah, I agree. The Keurig cup, I think they're terrible for the environment. You know, you just use them once and you toss them out. Uh, but I guess, you know, uh, they're very popular in the U.S. And I think that that's sort of just the convenience of them. I think that a lot of people are willing to sacrifice a lot of things for efficiency and convenience. But, uh, you know, I think that if people really, if we're really trying to make a change here, people need to realize that and perhaps, you know, the benefits of loose leaf tea is that you can actually plan ahead. So if you're sort of in a hurry in the morning, you can use loose leaf tea and make it the night before. Put it in your thermos straight away and just take off. And I think that uh, sort of planning ahead and, and not sacrificing the environment for convenience is one of the big things that we need to tackle. Now, I know there are some organic tea companies where they do have the bags, but they do things such as using recycled paper and using non-bleach, non-toxic paper for them. What are your thoughts on companies that do that? I definitely think that's an option. We talked about, I've talked to that uh, with my business partner. However, you know, I just think that more packaging, you know, to, I'd like to keep the tea very simple. And I think that more packaging is just going to obstruct sort of the ability for people to use our tea for different things. Uh, you know, people use our tea to, they sprinkle it over oats in the morning or some people sprinkle it over their dog food. Even I have a customer who uh, once, once told me that she sprinkled it over her dog food wow. uh, because her dog suffered from uh, inflammation in her joints. So uh, I just think that while the tea bags with, you know, non-toxins and made out of paper, definitely a great alternative. I think that having the versatility of powder and loose leaf tea is still such a great benefit. I think so too. And I've heard also that the loose leaf tea is actually healthier than the tea that comes in the bags. Because I know there's even things such as the GAPS diet, they allow you to have loose leaf tea on it, but not tea that comes from the bags. So can you elaborate on that? actually not too uh, familiar with that, so I uh, apologize. I don't think I can speak much of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Maybe that's something to look into, too, that I think could further help the growth of your business. Definitely. And speaking of the growth of your business, you talked a little earlier about other flavors you added. Any other plans as far as expansion of the business in other areas? Definitely. We're always going to try to come out with new teas. In terms of expansion, I think that right now we're really focusing on trying to get our teas in the hands of the most people, especially the people who need it. So we're definitely trying to push our teas out to different farmers markets and maybe expand outside of California. But I'd also love to get our teas into sort of naturopathic stores or organic health stores to really just push the message and get our tea in the hands of the people that need it. In addition, I also think there's multiple programs that we're trying to, especially with the giving back to conservation projects and, and more so of that. So uh, there's a lot of expansions, a lot of plans in the works for Meta, and we'll just have to see how it works out. By the natural stores, you're looking at like eventually getting into like the sprouts and the whole foods. Correct. Have you heard of Erewhon? Oh, I have. Yes. Love Erewhon. I mean, that store is amazing. Uh, yes. I'm a big fan of Erewhon. I love going there and shopping there. So I'd love to see Meta in Erewhon. Uh, and I think that a lot of people that go to Erewhon would appreciate the mission that Meta has set out to do. I agree. Erewhon is a store, for those that don't know, they're like Whole Foods, but they're much smaller. They're just in LA and they've now expanded to a few stores. For a while, it was just one. And they actually have higher standards than any of the other stores as far as what they'll carry. So 
There's still some stuff which some may disagree with everything they have in there, but I think overall, the stuff that you find there is better to be truly sustainable and healthy versus some of the other stores that I think sell stuff that I look at as gourmet food disguised as natural food. So Erwan, they're great. When the other thing that's great about Erwan, and for someone like me who very much a big part of my blog is finding these new products, and I find that Erwan a lot of times sells them first, so it is a great place to start with. And you also have a number of great independently owned natural food stores in LA. There's still some of those around. It's, it's harder to start that, but LA still has some options for that. So I think there's a lot to explore within LA with those first. And have you looked at getting other things like, for instance, being sold at restaurants or perhaps maybe like yoga studios? Uh, yeah, we definitely reach out to yoga studios and certain chiropractors or uh, holistic healers. So uh, we're definitely just trying to, you know, really get out there and just see if we can influence a lot of people. Uh, we also started off doing a little bit of CBD tea, and we've sort of been doing a little bit of research there. But that just remains to be seen, especially with the current situation. But I think that mixing the two together, CBD and tea, is definitely something for the future uh, for people to look out for. I think so, too, because I know last year at the Natural Products Expo West, that was probably the largest new category that you saw a lot of exhibitors there with was selling CBD oil. I think the year before, I don't remember any, maybe one or two, but it just exploded last year. And so that is definitely a hot area within this field of natural products. Uh, Yes, most definitely. And so as you're saying, you think that tea actually may overtake coffee as being more popular. So you think then we'll start seeing places pop up that are primarily tea shops and coffee is like a second thing you can get there if you're not into tea. I definitely could see that happening, perhaps not on such a large scale where, you know, as coffee shops have popped up, but I definitely can see niche uh, tea stores popping up that offer very nice, uh, high quality and organic herbal teas so people sort of come and read a book and sip and enjoy. Uh, I'm not quite sure it'll have the hustle and bustle of people going in there every morning to get their fix of caffeine, but I I think that uh, we'll definitely see a a rise of certain tea stores in the U.S. And I've seen certain tea sellers, like the ones that sell it to the stores or the farmer's markets, sometimes they also have their own stores and you can also get a hot cup of tea there too, along with buying some of their products. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, I believe in uh, in Norwalk, Zen Tea House, which is an organic tea place, just opened actually a tea a tea house where people can come in and you can buy uh, kettles of tea and just sit there and, and enjoy a variety of uh, loose leaf teas. So I think that's just the first of many. Sounds great. I know that I'd stop by them if they had one in my neighborhood. So we're just about out of time here. But before we go, why don't you tell the listeners the address of your website and where they can find your tea products? We're in a variety of farmers markets around uh, Los Angeles, so please feel free to stop by there and uh, be on the lookout for us. Uh, you can also find us at www.metatees.com, uh, and we ship anywhere in the U.S. within three to five days. I hope you guys check us out and join and support us on this journey. I'm only just begun, and I'm sure there's much more to come. Well, I'm excited to hear about what's to come in the journey, and I hope that everyone enjoyed learning more about the benefits of tea, and after listening to the show, they go out and make a hot cup of tea, or cold if they want. You know, Like you said, there are other advantages of it, so put it on some foods that they eat, and enjoy the National Tea Month in January. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, I've had a blast talking about tea. Yeah, me too. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'll be back in February to observe World Kombucha Day, as I interview Hannah Crum of Kombucha Camp. To make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, 
go to iTunes and subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore. You can also access all of my podcasts at the website appropriateomnivore.com. There you can also find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. I'll see you next month. Until then, my pantry is officially closed.